Well, welcome to another Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Movie Monday. Uh, we've got a movie to give away today that you will want to see, especially if you are thinking in terms of what's going to happen in the market in the next 12 months. How is it going to impact me and my family, but more importantly, my retirement? Dennis Wilson's going to join me coming up in about 45 minutes. We're going to have a conversation about the market as he understands it, what he can see, what he can predict. But, you know, here's the thing. If you work with Dennis at all, Wilson Financial has been a part of the Bottom Line Show. We're into our 11th year now of partnership and friendship as well, Um, 800-696-9970. The thing that Dennis always stresses is he says, you know, when times are good, times are not so good. The clients who have taken the time to be proactive have a hope and an expectation in the future that's good and positive. They don't get stuck in a 401k or an IRA and they've been sold false hope with those accounts. The false hope of those accounts is that you make an investment in the market in you get to save a little bit on taxes because the money you put in up to 15% of your taxable income is deferred. It's not wiped out. It's deferred. So you lower your tax bill this year. And then that money goes into a 401k that you can't tap until you're 59 and a half or 60, whatever it is, and that you get forced into taking when you're 70. And that money keeps building and growing and building and growing. And then by the time you retire, you can start taking that money out, right? Well, you hope that by the time you retire, there's going to be A, enough for you to live on, and B, that you'll be in a lower tax bracket. So when you start taking those earnings out, Uh, you'll be okay. The problem is if you have a pension, if you're getting social security, oftentimes you see a lot of people who get to your senior years, you want to retire and you're actually still in the same tax bracket you were, you might even be in a higher tax bracket. How do you avoid that? Well, you don't just hope that things are going to work out. Um, Dennis Wilson uh, tells me a story of, well, he tells me stories all the time of people who come to him with a half billion dollars in a 401k and the market crashes a little bit and their 401k becomes a 201k and now they have 250 to $300,000 in it and they're trying to recover that extra money that they lost. How do you do that? So the beauty of Dennis's program says he has so many different alternatives to that and that scenario that you don't have to have this false hope. You can actually say, look, I'm investing in a CD alternative or a real estate investment trust alternative or a an IRA alternative and you're putting that together and saying okay well now I don't have to worry about it going down I put a hundred thousand dollars into it last year this year I'm starting this year with at least a hundred thousand dollars plus whatever it earned in the market so that's I mean every time I hear Dave Ramsey say hope is not a strategy I I think you know well we're going to talk about hope today the whole program's about hope but this is one place where I want to give you encouragement and real hope and that is when you contact Wilson Financial, 800-696-9970, and get that consultation going, you have not just the hope of, I hope this turns out okay, that's a wish. The hope of the expectation of what is certain is you know exactly what you're getting into. This movie that we're going to be talking about later, The Baby Work Dilemma, is a great film because it tells you the whole history of the IRA, Individual Retirement Account, and the 401k. And then also explains why those aren't always great investments and why your pension, or maybe if you started working for a company, maybe you work for the electric company and your dad worked for the electric company, your dad has a great pension and you don't have one. 
there's a reason why pensions are going away. And this is, I mean, what the Baby Boomer Dilemma movie explains all that and then helps you to see the value of investing in the types of products that Dennis Wilson has available. The movie has a cost. It's a link that we'll send you that's a download. There's a cost involved. It's like 30 bucks or something. But we have an unlimited number of, of these tickets to give away today here on Movie Monday. So if you want to start calling Chris, uh, Crystal right now, you can. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, we talk about hope. Today being the hope, if you were at church yesterday and they were lighting the Advent candles and maybe they, you sang an Advent song or had some kids you know, singing along with you, the first candle in the Advent uh, quadrant is hope. And what's interesting about the, um, the, the hope candle is it reminds us of the hope that we have, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We sing this in, uh, in the song, O Holy Night. The hope that we as Christians have is the expectation of, first of all, the birth of Christ. Messiah was promised to God's people. The Jews rejected him. But then when he did appear, those Jew, Gentile, Greek, Samaritan, who basically the gift of salvation was available to all who would see that Jesus was the Christ, is the Christ, and would believe. Then for Christians now, we look at this and say we get to celebrate the advent, the anticipation of the Lord's birth, but then also we know he's coming again. And boy, is he coming soon. <laughs> and so how encouraging it is. These, every Advent season, the older we get, the closer we get to the Lord's return. The hope that we have now, I mean, hope in its literal sense is, I mean, just in the purely physical, like if you were looking at a dictionary of the, the word that uh, the Greek word is elpis, um, the goddess elpis is a part of Greek mythology that just means she was the goddess that said, there's an expectation that something in the future is going to happen. It's either going to be good or bad, but there is a future, which was a big deal for people in mythology because sometimes they couldn't see past what was in front of them. As Christians, we know that the word elpis is used in scripture 54 times, that it's always used to talk about a positive connotation of our faith. But in the Greek, it could be the expectation of what is certain for the good or for not good. And one of the ways the good materializes literally is the material dealings. There are people right now who are are praying for the hope of, you know, affordable housing or a good paying job or we have enough to eat or we can pay the electric bill. Well, toward that end, last week, uh, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria made an announcement that would give hope to people in a very material sense, especially if you're having a hard time finding an affordable place to live. City of San Diego has announced that there are five affordable housing projects that have been recommended to receive just over $15 million in city funding under an initiative that provides gap funding assistance to help get construction up to speed. Um, The Bridge to Home initiative would create a total of 400 new affordable homes in five different city council districts. And of the 400, nearly 25% of those would be set aside as permanent supportive housing for San Diegans who are experiencing homelessness, which is the polite way of saying they have no place to live. According to Mayor Gloria, with our innovative Bridge to Home program, the city is investing directly in affordable housing projects to address homelessness and provide homes for low-income families, individuals, and seniors. These three rounds of Bridge to Home funding were hoping to build more than 1,300 affordable homes in neighborhoods 
all across the city from Rancho Bernardo to San Ysidro. Now, back in August, he announced the availability of up to $20 million for round three of Bridge to Home, which started during the pandemic, by the way. Um, and then this is the next the next piece in the puzzle, as it were. So the, the projects are, um, and I'll list them here, uh, Hillcrest Hall, uh, affordable housing and community development, 97 affordable homes for families plus one manager's unit in Hillcrest. Ten of the homes will have supportive services. They're getting uh, the recommendation is $3 million for that. Also, Humble Heart, which is the Wakeland Housing and Development Corporation, proposing 72 affordable homes uh, in one manager's unit in Citrus Heights. 33 of those homes will be in the supportive service category, a million or so. And then there's Palm City, Rose Creek Village, in Pacific Beach and uh, at the Terrasani Senior Apartment in Claremont. We'll put the link up at thebottomlineshow.com if you, if you know, have a very strong listener base, listenership in San Diego on our KS, KNSN frequency. And uh, if this is something that may be a benefit to you, then you'll certainly want to be ringing your city council up and saying, hey, uh, let's make this happen. <laughs> you know, these are recommendations right now. They aren't approved. But the question is, you know, can we... Uh, actually move forward with those so uh, we'll put the link up at thebottomlineshow.com 15.4 million dollars being recommended for affordable housing all throughout san diego and uh, this might have a direct impact on you and so want you to to know all about that as we continue we think of the uh the the verse of lamentations it's so interesting that this comes in lamentations chapter 3 verse 23 you may have sung this as a praise song when you were younger the steadfast love of the lord is unfailing his mercy never comes to an end his mercies are new every morning great is thy faithfulness O god and yet how many of us when facing you know potential challenging seasons potentially challenging seasons We'll wake up in the morning, hit the ground running because we have to go out and try to beat the clock or beat the society or beat the system. And we don't take the time to say, hey, wait, in those early morning hours, in basically the still of the morning, if you will, am I really hearing God's voice speak to me? Or am I the one who is just kind of running away and praying, God, speak to me, God, speak to me. But then I clutter my day with so much busyness that I really can't understand why I'm still facing the same challenges that I was the day before and the day before that. Tracy Fioretti is a writer, a blogger, and a speaker who has put together a devotional book that I think will really help us here in this season, the Advent season, especially starting in this week of hope, but also as you look to the coming year to say, okay, I've got to make some changes in the way I handle my time with God, not just the one-on-one time, but in the sense that I need to be more intentional about how my day begins with the Lord. Her devotional book is called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And oh, by the way, since it's Movie Monday, in addition to the movie tickets we're giving away for uh, The Baby Boomer Dilemma, we also have not one, not two, but three copies of this beautiful leather-bound book, a devotional book that talks about how God's voice in the still of the morning speaks hope into our lives. If you want to get in on the conversation or if you want to just get your name in the hat for winning one of these books, I encourage you to call us right now. Crystal standing by to take your calls. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, Tracy Fioretti joins me to talk about Hope Speaks and God's voice in the still of the morning. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we've got a special conversation lined up for you talking about an issue that is very, very important to us. It's the idea that we can find the the comfort, the direction, the guiding and leading that we're looking for uh, in stillness, as opposed to sometimes, uh, you know, getting into the, the, the bigger messes and craziness of the day. Joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show is uh, Tracy Fioretti, who is the author of a brand new devotional book called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Tracy Fioretti, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hi, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here because, you know, it's, there's so much craziness in the world right now. Um, we hear the, the idea, <laughs> Scripture telling us, you know, we want to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. We want to know what God is leading us into. And yet sometimes the, the simple reality is, I, you know, we just finished up with the holiday season. And I know that uh, for a lot of people, um, the holidays are the time when you kind of try, try to stop and decompress, unplug, and then you begin to realize, I'm moving so fast, I'm like one of those cartoon characters where my legs are spinning like big wheels, you know, and I have a hard time, right. you know, starting out the day, we have to say, I, I want to I have this moment with God that doesn't involve me throwing the alarm across the room and jumping out of bed. Talk about why this, <laughs> talking about why your, your devotional is, is, is such a help. Where did, where, where did it come from in your spiritual journey? What place did it come from for you? Well, um, you know, I was in that exact place, and um, I really needed the voice of God. I really needed it in a deeper level. Um, So, you know, I would read the Word. I watched my mom read the Word all my life growing up as a kiddo. I would read the Word, and I felt like I wasn't able to scratch the surface, and um I started uh, to do some research and listen to some teachings, and um, I started to seek through seeing what God was saying. You know, in Habakkuk 2.1, it says, I will watch to see what He will say to me. And I would allow myself to close my eyes and be a child and let my imagination see the Lord and and see Him in what I know Scripture says of Him, see Him with my imagination in those type of settings, and then and then I would look to hear what was He saying to me, and I found out something, Roger, that blew my mind a little bit. I knew God is love, mm-hmm. but I I always imagined His voice as being a little bit critical. And mm-hmm. a little bit mad all the time, and a little bit um, bummed out that I just wasn't quite making it. I wasn't quite living up to his expectations of me. And what I what I heard from him was not that at all. What I heard when I really started allowing myself to have those moments of stillness and quiet in the morning, what I heard was love. What mm-hmm. I heard was affirmation, acceptance, um, intercession. I heard the fruit of the Spirit, um, and I started, honestly, in those moments, and um, that was before COVID that I started writing in this Mm. way, and Mm -hmm. I started to hear him um, in a whole new way, and I started to 
experience him in a whole new way. And it tells us in Proverbs chapter two, the, the, I love how the Passion Translation puts it. It says, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment and then pass it on to your sons and daughters. And really, that was my intention. I wanted to hear God. I wanted to know him more. And I wanted to pass it on to my bloodline sons and daughters and Mm -hmm. to my sphere of influence sons and daughters um, in order to encourage them. And he always does. He always rises to the occasion. And he blew my mind with his love, with his direct um, uh, uh, word in due season. He wasn't just, um, uh, you know, running a Bible verse past me, but he was specific. He knew, you know, today I'm going out and I'm going to have a hard day. I'm facing thus and such. He knew it already, and he would speak to me about that thing in that way. He's so good to us, Roger. He's just so good to us. He certainly is. And boy, I love the way you've, you've phrased this and put this. Tracy Fioretti, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Hope Speaks. It's a great devotional, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. When we talk about hope speaking and the, the, our voices being trained to hear what God is actually saying to us, um, just in the same way we've got grandchildren, um, you know, they're, they're in that toddler stage where they're learning how to hear, yeah. okay, this is mom's <laughs> voice. This is mom's angry voice. This is grandpa's voice. You know, that type of yeah. thing and and learning that it, it, yeah. it's all it's all part of the plan but one of the things that i that i appreciate about what what this devotional book does is it kind of brings us to the point where you have to I mean, have the aha moment we live in a world that wants to multitask wants to just get moving and do, we think we're doing all these different things all at the same time but if you want to drink deeply of god's word you can't do that while you're on the run you know and too many people want to do that uh, behind the wheel of a car you know, or while they're having a conversation with somebody else. Talk about why your devotional book does help us to kind of draw into, even before anything else gets going at the start of the day, say, look, this is this is where the focus needs to be if you want this kind of spiritual refreshment. Yeah. So the, the devotional specifically um, has uh, words spoken as if from the voice of God. And This devotional was written directly from a journal that I was keeping as I would listen for his voice. And then it is followed up by Scripture, and we know that his word is active and it's sharp, it's alive. Um, It can really separate our thoughts from his thoughts. It Mm -hmm. can really separate um, uh, the, the world's opinion from his opinion, and then it ends with with a simple prayer. The the um, devotional, you, it's a sensory item, right? It's not online, although it is available on um, the YouVersion Bible app. Mm-hmm. But that's beside the point. You're touching the page. You're reading the words. You have to stop and be still for at least the at least the three to five minutes that it takes you to read. And what I have seen so evident in my life is that when I will stop, even if it's only to to take a breath in, I love you, Lord, and out, you love me too. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I stop for that brief, what was that, eight, ten seconds? Mm-hmm. He 
his presence comes and he speaks to me. He, he, um, changes my heart posture. And so it's by picking up this book. My hope is that when someone opens to today's page, reads today's devotional, that it's only the beginning because they say, because they're cut to the quick by God's word. They're cut to the quick by his presence. And I'm not talking about in a painful way. I'm talking about in a beautiful, he loves me so much way that this just fuels the fire that's already within them by Holy Spirit that makes them want more. The more you eat, the more hungry you get. The more you drink, the more thirsty you get. I can't get enough of them. I can't get enough of them. And my hope is that everyone who reads this book will feel that way. I can't. Whoa, I need more. Well, here's how you get more. You ask him to speak to you and you listen when he does. And, And I find that writing what he says to me just really uh, brings it all together. Like it's this uh, muscle memory thing that Mm -hmm. then my mind, my eyes see it, my ears hear it, my heart hears it, my hand writes it back out. It's like full circle, you know? And tomorrow I can come back with my journal, with my own handwritten words that came from the throne room of God. And I can read it. And it brings tears to my eyes the next day. I, I read today's Hope Speaks devotion, and it met me in my point of need in a way that I cannot even express to you. I started crying, and I was like, mm. well, shouldn't I know what this says? And it's the <laughs> Holy Spirit of God that comes in at the perfect time and says, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how much I love you. And mm. then the words that I thought I knew get all rearranged, and he uses them differently today than he did yesterday. He is so beautiful. God is so beautiful. And um, it is my desire that all of us just dig deep into him and let him flow into us by his word. Boy, that is great encouragement and a great exhortation, too, from Tracy Fioretti. Today here on The Bottom Line, we're talking about her brand new devotional book. It's called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to today's edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. All during Advent, we're taking a, we're kicking off the week on Mondays with the look at what you didn't cover (laughs) or maybe did uh, as far as your Advent service goes the week before or the week prior. Yesterday, of course, we started Advent and that's when 
the first of the four Advent candles was lit. It's the hope candle. And we've been talking about hope, the biblical definition of hope. Uh, Tracy Fioretti is with me today here on the program. We're talking about her brand new devotional called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book we're giving away today here on The Bottom Line Show. Uh, 800-227-5278. We'd love to get you in on the drawing here for the one of the three copies of this book. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And remember, uh, coming up in the next half hour, uh, continue my conversation with Tracy and then be joined by Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial. And you can move past that hope of, gosh, I hope the market rebounds. Gosh, I hope that uh, my 401k doesn't implode. Gosh, I hope I have enough money for retirement. Oh, no, 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 no. The biblical hope that you get with biblical stewardship advice from Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial, says you can take that the expectation that something bad will happen in the market and you can toss that right out the window. You can invest in, say, a CD alternative where you know the value of the money is never going to go down. Um, and I know from experience, my parents have three CDs in the CD alternative realm and not one of them has gone down. I mean, the system... <laughs> They've gone up and they've they've appreciated quite nicely over the past five, six years. Um, so when we talk about hope, I want you to pay really close attention to what Tracy Fioretti and I continue our conversation with on the other side of this break. Her great devotional book, Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. Three copies we're giving away today at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And then Dennis Wilson joins me on the other side of of my conversation with Tracy to talk about the baby boomer dilemma about 401ks and IRAs and how you can eliminate the worry in your retirement and add the hope and expectation of the good returns that are certain when you steward your money wisely through the products that Dennis has available to you. 800-227-5278 for a copy of the Baby Boomer Dilemma movie delivered right to your home or to get it on the drawing for Tracy Fioretti's book, Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Tracy Fioretti coming up next as the bottom line continues. Tracy Fioretti is my guest today here on the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. Her brand new devotional, and it's beautiful, by the way, Hope Speaks is the title, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I love the fact, uh, Tracy, you were talking about, you know, how this is written in a very personal dialogue between you and God. So when people look at it, they'll see, you know, the the voice of God, you know, coming at saying, you know, it's very personal. My is for this and this is for you. And, you know, I love the inspiration, expiration of breathing in, you know, the fact that God loves us and breathing out that we love him as well. When, when you are talking about this, though, you're, you're describing this from a writing standpoint. And I know a lot of our listeners are a little more verbal. Talk about the importance of journaling, the, the thoughts and hopes and fears and dreams that, that we all have every day and why a book like yours, a devotional book like yours might actually be a good catalyst for getting us to uh, go deeper in that regard in terms of writing down our thoughts, writing down our prayers in this area. Absolutely. Um, and it and it is because I feel like it's a little uh, it's just fanning the flame again. That's already within us. Um, you know, writing for me is so therapeutic. And I do understand that so many uh, so many of my friends say, you know, 
you write. I I don't write. You know, I I study the word. Um, I may make notes. Um, But there's an importance here. And let me tell you what the first line of importance in in my thought process is. And that is the end of the scripture in Proverbs 2.2. Pass it on to your sons and daughters. When I read a scripture and then I ask the Lord, what would you say to me personally about this? I know that he is eternal. He's outside of time. He knows what tomorrow holds, and he sees it through the lens of yesterday and today. He is I am. And so when I write down, um, for instance, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I say, Papa God, what would you say to me about that verse today? And he pours out, and I write it. It is now found. It is not lost. It is here. It is not uh, It is not someplace in my thoughts. It is actually recorded. Think of where we would be if Paul, for instance, didn't pen his words. Think of where we would be if uh, Peter, if John, if they did not pen their words. Now, I'm not saying that any of us are penning Scripture, but mm-hmm. I am saying that we are writing down the the very um, unction that God would give us. And so even if it's just, holy mackerel, I didn't notice that in that Bible verse, and you start there by writing that, or if you start by writing a, a heartfelt prayer to Him every day, or if you start by writing just, just 10 words, or God, what would you show me today? And you close your eyes, and he shows you an overflowing fountain to write down, God showed me an overflowing fountain today. And here's what I think he was talking about when he showed me that. When we write down what God is telling us, not only is it that circle of life kind of thing that I was talking to you about before, that you know we read it with our eyes, we speak it with our mouth, we write it with our hand, and then it comes full circle so we can again read it with our eyes and speak it with our mouth, and it really embeds itself into our heart. But it also becomes a gift, and that was my original intent. It also becomes a gift for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And here we are, 2,000 years later, reading the gift that that the apostles wrote for us, reading the Gospels, reading um, the epistles, and, and they... That is the Word of God, and it is encouraging our hearts. It's teaching us. It's training us in righteousness. And so when God trains me in righteousness and then I write it down, it is for purpose in the future generations. I believe that. Um, I believe that, and I'm so grateful to have copies of what I have written. Um, and, And I would encourage others to um, make the choice to pass on their faith. And, you know, sometimes we can talk to our kids until we're blue in the face. Sometimes Mm -hmm. our kids choose Jesus, and boom, they run with it, and that's their life. 
sometimes our kids choose Jesus and they get hurt by the church or hurt by the world. And they say, I don't think I could do this anymore. And I say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. But, but they can't hear me through that veil of pain. Mm-hmm. But one day they'll pick up these words that I have penned and they will say, oh, Jesus, how you love me. Mm. That is a gift. That is a treasure. And if every mom, every dad would, would write something down for their kiddo that they feel like the Lord is saying to them, mm-hmm. how, what a domino effect we would see. <laughs> you know? Yes, what a definitely. What domino effect. Yeah, indeed. Tracy Fioretti is with me today here on The Bottom Line. Her brand new devotional is called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We have a link for the book at thebottomlineshow.com. But Tracy, I haven't asked you the most obvious question uh, about the idea in the title, of course, that God's voice we hear in the still of the morning. Talk about why it's so important. I know a lot of people will say, look, you don't understand how busy my day is. And I try to do my devotion time, quiet time, whatever, at the end of the day. Talk about the benefits of doing it first thing. Yeah, I think the end of the day is great. And listen, whenever you can do it, read the word. You know, whenever you can do it, pray and pray. Don't don't stop, you know. <laughs> but Amen. I will tell you that in the morning, before the sun comes up, and, and I get it, that's early. Um, so, you know, if you got to start after the sun comes up, that <laughs> hmm. it is before my to-do list actually becomes a to-do list. It is before the hustle and bustle. It's while I'm having my cup of coffee. It's the first thing that I do. And everything else for the day is an overflow from that place. Everything else for the day is an overflow from hearing what the Lord had to say to me, from reading the scriptures and studying them and saying, wait a minute, I, I, didn't, I didn't see it like that before. Everything for the rest of the day overflows from those moments early, early before the sun rises. And that's when Jesus went to pray. He went before the sun came up. And and I have to say that as much as I am not a fan of getting up in the morning, <laughs> I have seen over the years, and, and who is really, <laughs> Roger, who is a fan of getting up early in the morning? Uh, well. <laughs> over the years, <laughs> I've seen this beautiful thing happen, and it's before my brain can intellectualize what God might say to me, my spirit listens to Him because my brain is too sleepy to pull it apart and try and tell me otherwise. Mm, So mm -hmm. I find that I hear in a fresh way early in the morning, and I find that I can have faith like a child because my my big girl brain didn't plug itself in yet. It it hasn't come to the table yet. And mm-hmm. that's when he speaks the most deep and profound truth to my mm. heart. Mornings are a great time for that. And this is a fantastic resource to be able to use for accomplishing that purpose. Tracy Fioretti has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The new devotional is called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Tracy, thank you so much for the work on this project. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Really appreciate the visit today. Roger, thank you so much for having me. It has been my pleasure. 
Great conversation with Tracy Fioretti today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Hope Speaks, God's Voice in the Still of the Morning. We've got not one, not two, but three copies of this book we're giving away today as our theme of hope continues here on the first Sunday of Advent as the Hope Candle. So today's the first Monday of Advent. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through for the drawing for Tracy Fioretti's book, Hope Speaks, uh, today here on The Bottom Line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, you want to take that uncertainty of, gosh, I hope or I wish my 401k holds up in retirement. I hope I have enough money. You can take the question mark out of that by listening to what Dennis Wilson has to say about how to get security in the market and also the baby boomer dilemma of what to do with your 401k or IRA. Dennis and I will talk solutions to that situation coming up next as the bottom line continues. Special update from our friends at Preborn, especially here in the final month of the year. Good news is that the double matching gift is in place every day through the end of the month. That's the good news. The bad news is if you wait too long, you won't be able to take advantage of it. Now, Preborn has been offering qualitative health care for women who are in pregnancy mode for many, many years. And one of the specialties of Preborn, of course, is providing free ultrasounds for any woman who asks for one. When a woman comes to a Preborn clinic, she gets a pregnancy test, she gets an ultrasound, she gets to see those first baby pictures of her preborn child, and then is given the information about the options available to her, either become a mother, release that child for adoption, or yes, in states like California, where it's still legal, abortion is on the table as well. But 85 times out of 100, a woman who goes to preborn and sees the ultrasound winds up keeping the child or releasing the child for adoption. Your tax-deductible donation to preborn right now is doubled through the end of the year. So call 833-850-BABY today, 833-850-2229. A $28 donation provides one appointment, 140 provides five, 280 provides 10, and all of those numbers are doubled now through the end of the year. 833-850-2229 or give a gift online at kbrightradio.com. Special guest joining me today here on the Bottom Line Show, Dennis Wilson, here in studio with us today from Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, the only financial service analyst and advisors that I've ever recommended here on the Bottom Line Show, and he brought his entourage with him as well, uh, Brooke and Dennis and Chewy. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Hey, great to be here, Raj. Go around the horn and let us know who's here. We know we've heard a lot about Chewy, but the chance to get Brookie in on the conversation. Here. Well, so my, my granddaughter, Brooke, is with me, and she she has um, been with us now. Uh, it's unbelievable, but she's been with us almost 18 months. Wow. Poor girl, and she's suffering from that, too. She's <laughs> she's aged so much, it's sad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. But, uh, um, no, she's with us today, and so we're excited to be here, and uh, uh, we've got we're we're ready to share whatever you want us to share about. Well, let, let's talk about some things. I mean, obviously, as we're coming up on the end of the year, which means we're getting into first quarter of 2024, which means tax day will be upon us. And there are a lot of people who are coming to the realization, maybe they're getting ready to retire. I know we have a couple of family members who are looking at November, December as, you know, putting in their paperwork and signing up for Social Security. But there are a lot of people who get a huge surprise when they get to the retirement time because for whatever reason, they say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, I got a 401k. I've got an IRA. I'm ready to retire. And yet I didn't know I was retiring in a partnership. I thought it was just me. 
And you talked very kind of tongue in cheek, but about the fact that a lot of people don't realize that uh, it's you and our friends at the Internal Revenue Service who are kind of in partnership when it comes to that. Talk about what that does mm-hmm. to a 401k or an IRA. Well, yeah, it's a really, you'd be surprised how many people don't realize what you just said. They retire and they think, well, I've got a million dollars in my 401k. And they don't realize that, hey, if they take that million dollars today, they're going to give Uncle Sam between three and 400,000 of it. Wow. And when wow. you tell them that, they, that's exactly, that's a response. That is their response. Wow. And and you wonder, well, how could they be that naive? But they're really, it isn't a matter of naive. It's just a matter of that no one ever tells them. I mean, I really, I had a, I had a this is many, many years ago, but I had a doctor client who had over $10 million in his IRA account. And he thought he did not know that he owned any taxes on that money. Oh, my. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, he's obviously a pretty smart guy, but when it came to that, he was pretty stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So well, it's just it's just yeah. what nobody no one has ever told you. So how do you know if nobody tells you? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons so I recommend that our listeners contact Wilson Financial at 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, because if you're in that situation where you're getting ready to retire at the end of this year or the first part of next year, and you're thinking, my 401k, my IRA is golden, all of a sudden you don't realize you've got this partner saying, hey, you have to have a required minimum distribution. You can't leave a certain amount to your family members without having to pay tax on it. I mean, this is well, that's well, not much of a partnership, Dennis. I mean, it doesn't really seem very fair at all what well, they're telling no. you what to do. And it's ironic because, you know, what you just described is just was just recent. The IRS, yeah. it used to be that you could leave your IRA to your children or your grandchildren, and they could leave the money set, and they really had a legacy plan. Right. Now, if you leave it to your children or your grandchildren, they pay taxes on it right away. And and who made that new rule? Do you think you you think you had anything to do with that new rule? Mm-mm. No, the IRS and their infinite wisdom they did that for you because they really appreciate the fact that you want to donate to their cause because they spend it faster than they can print it. And so, right. um, you know, tax rates sadly are going to go up in the future and. Um, the the IRS is counting on that. They're also making changes in in the law so that they can get so they can tax your money sooner. Um, it's uh, it, it it's the time where you need to do something about it. Actually, hopefully you do it a couple years before you retire, so that you have a chance to really see if there's some alternatives that are really going to help you in the long range planning. Because most people. They, do, they think that a Roth IRA is a four-letter word, but they don't realize that a Roth IRA could really eliminate a lot of the burdens of the taxes in retirement, especially if they have enough time to make it work for them. So mm-hmm. Now, and to, speaking of which, when you contact Wilson Financial, ask about the Roth IRA, because this is something, Dennis, we talk about my family, my mom and dad are clients of yours, my sister. Uh, so many bottom-line listeners have become clients of Wilson Financial Advisors uh, simply because of the recommendation of what they hear here, and they're very, very happy with their results. But this is one of those situations now where I just learned something about what's going on at Wilson Financial, where you are actually employing this, you know, with your uh, all the employees. So Brooke benefits from this and Tess and everybody else that you contact there involving a Roth IRA alternative. Talk about what you mean by the Roth, because Roths are good, but you've got a Roth alternative that's even better. Well, the problem with Roths are they limit what you can do. In other words, the, you, you can barely you can barely put in. I think it's seven thousand dollars. It's up to you can put in a year. Mm-hmm. And you have, and the IRS in their infinite wisdom gives you all kinds of rules you have to have before you qualify it. Well, the Roth IRA alternative is outside that box. It has, it's covered by a different part of the tax code than the Internal Revenue Code. Mm-hmm. And so it allows you to, to accumulate money on a tax-free basis 
as well as using the current Roth, the ability of taking an IRA and making it a Roth. And so mm. we're pretty good at both of those things. And actually, we're, we're better than pretty good. That's, we're really good at what we do. And that's one of the things that we really enjoy helping people show them. I've got a client who was just in the other day. And I said, so we'll have this million dollars transferred over between now and the time he retired. And so it'll all be tax-free instead of taxable. Wow. And now, he didn't understand how it was going to work exactly, mm-hmm. but as we, he, and he's a pretty smart guy, he owns his own business. And so he says, Oh, okay, well, yeah, this makes sense. Why would I leave this here taxable when I don't have to? Exactly. I said, Well, yeah. So I showed him away. Now, does it mean that he's not going to pay a little money in taxes? Because obviously, they're going to pay a little bit of money in taxes, but they can, if, with a little bit of planning, they can play, pay way less, as little as half. Actually, in some cases, even more than half. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it's a it's it's fun planning. It's something that uh, that actually we just started doing in the last eighteen months. So we got to give Brooke credit because she didn't know about it. But it's actually when we started doing it. So yeah, well, let's give her full credit for yeah, that. Yeah, we'll give her full credit. Yeah, the Roth IRA alternative from Wilson Financial, one of the many alternatives that you will receive and have opportunities to in- invest in when you contact Wilson Financial Advisors. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or you can just go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial, and you can get the ball rolling there, express your interest in what Dennis and the team are doing to help you save your money for retirement and save your money in retirement. I mean, if you can imagine having a million-dollar IRA like Dennis just mentioned, converting it to one of these Roth alternatives and saving a couple hundred thousand dollars in taxes. I mean, when you get to be a certain age, Dennis, I mean, you and I both know there's something called recovery time or the uh, uh, the ramp, if you will, that uh, when you're younger, you can be a little more uh, reckless, a little more uh, uh, adventurous, if you will, with, with your investments. The older we get, though, if you hit a loss in your 70s, it's really difficult to recover. And I know you have a, a client who came to you recently and took advantage of a program that I, I still think is too good to be true when you talk about 13% returns. But you had a client you were telling me about who came to your office who said, hey, I just took a big hit on my 401k and I'm trying to recover, you know, just to kind of get back to normal. Talk about how you were able to help her with this 13% account. Well, you know, she. this is one of those good news, bad news. Um, I mean, bad news, good news. She came into us and her 401k had been 900000 when she retired. And by the time that she came to see us, it had gone down to 740000 And that was just a little over less than a year. So to say that she was in panic mode would probably be a correct way. But, I mean, she didn't show it, but she obviously felt that way because right. she's a good friend of my son. And so she uh, came in and met with us, and uh, we solved it. We, we showed her how to take the, the uh, current IRA and make it 840000 in the next 12 months and get her back on track now. We didn't get her all the way back, but we sure got her a long ways back, and and it completely changed her mental being because she's right. not worried about a spending money, and she's not worried about retirement because she's going to have a nice nest egg there. So it, it's a it's a it's a completely. Um, it's a fun thing to help people do, and it's a uh, mindset, you know. It's- well, well, and the beauty of something like that, Dennis, is, you know, here she comes in with the, what she thought, okay, this is my nest egg. I'm going to live on a couple of withdrawals a year, and it's going to earn some interest, and, and yeah, I'll pay a little taxes, but that's fine. But when you start at 900 and you lose about, you know, 15 16% of the value of that in one year, not because you were taking money out, but because the market's going south, and you're trying to stop the, the bleeding at that point, and the fact that you have this 13% uh, program that allows someone to move from a traditional 
uh, a 401k into a Roth IRA that, you know, there's a the, the contact Wilson Financial to find out how you get that 13%. It's, it, it's, it's easier for them to explain it than for me to explain here on the radio. <laughs> but the idea that she lost $150,000 in 18 months and you showed her a way to get two thirds of that back within a year and on the upward trajectory, you know, that, that peace of mind has got to be, I mean, it's invaluable. Yeah, and then we showed her that where she'll never lose money again. So that is invaluable. It's really important. And then the other thing, too, that there was um, fun in this case was the fact that that she just she literally couldn't see how she would be able to to spend any money at retirement because that's what Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you see account dropping like that. Your immediate reaction is, well, I can't spend any of this money. Look at how fast it's going down. So she completely reversed that mindset. So it was a it was a fun experience. So she. She has written letters she, to both both uh, our staff people and me and how much she appreciates it. And uh, so she, they, she loves us. But well, back, that's, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. No, then so that's, that's part of the fun of what we do is that we, we get these kind of letters from people on a regular basis. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned the entire staff, too. I know when whenever I talk to my parents about uh, their accounts with Wilson Financial, uh, my dad always says, well, talk, say hi to Dennis for me. And my mom always says, say hi to Tess for me. So, I mean, that's uh, one of the beautiful things. And once she met Brooke, I mean, I'm sure that that will be a, the case as well. But it's, it's a family operation. And it's one of those places where I, I know in this day and age, the brokerage firms that handle these types of 401ks and IRAs or whatever, are, I don't want to say they're cold and faceless, but you're dealing with the actual people at Wilson Financial. It's a family-run business. These are the folks, when you come into the office, you meet with them, that's the team. You know, I mean, there's no, you're not going to get passed off from one rep to another. There's no, you know, a nameless, faceless, you know, type of corporation behind it. It really is a family business that Dennis and Kathy have cultivated over the past 50 plus years. And it's why we have no trouble uh, recommending them here at the bottom line show. Uh, Dennis, there's a term that I learned from you. I think may have picked it up from Brooke too, when it comes to people of a certain age, and I'm technically, I'm at the <laughs> bottom end of the baby boom in terms of uh, that you know age group, but people in their 60s and 70s are considered to be baby boomers. And there's a process that you refer to as the baby boom dilemma that you have a solution for. Kind of give us a 60 second overview of what the dilemma is, and then how Wilson Financial has alternatives that can help make this uh, a lot easier to navigate. Well, one of the dilemmas is that when they reach retirement, they don't realize that if they have a, a large 401k, that what is going to happen is that now all of their Social Security is going to be taxable, or most of it's going to be taxable. And when you tell them that they're going to be taxed on their Social Security, they're surprised by that. Well, that's only the first step in the dilemma. The next step is, well, what am I going to do for permanent income? Because no one's ever talked to them. They, they aren't financial planners. They don't know what permanent income from... You know, any other, I mean, they, they just don't they just don't understand all the concepts that are behind it. They need they need to know do they need long term care? Do they need to know whether this is whether they're going to have money for their for their children? They don't. So many people when they're ready to retire, they worry about being a burden to their children. Well, right. right. And so the they they and that's the kind of dilemma that has been created by a 401k. So we have a video that we give out called the baby boomer dilemma, which kind of explains that and gives them some examples of how to not how to not be in that position. And uh, so it's it's a it's a well received video. I think um, almost everybody that we that we've given it to has watched it has has appreciated it. And so that's why we uh, that's why we give it out. We're uh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's it's a wonderful resource. It's helpful. It's very informative, but it also not only explains how the 401k IRA business model basically was formed, but then it also gives you as a consumer the opportunity to say, okay, well, now what can I do to avoid the pitfalls of this? And of course, when you contact Wilson Financial, they are armed with a whole uh, cachet of different uh, arrangements, different uh, uh, alternatives, if you will, that will help you uh, have really thrive in your retirement years. If you got stuck in a 401k, or an individual retirement account or you're, you've been waiting on your company pension and it keeps kind of going away, uh, there are definitely some alternatives that you can put into practice to uh, make your retirement years more meaningful and definitely more fruitful. Uh, Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. We've got that linked at the bottom line show.com in perpetuity. And also you can go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial and get the ball rolling there. Uh, Dennis, we've done all the talking. Brooke hasn't had a chance to say hi or anything. Brooke, would you have anything to add to everything your grandpa was talking about today? Well, he is a smart guy, and <laughs> I get to listen in on all of these things all the time. So yeah. it is it is a lot, but that's why you need to come talk to him, is to figure out specifically for you how all of these things can benefit your future and your time. So, yeah. Right. It, it's never too early to start this conversation, and it really isn't. I mean, the very few exceptions, Dennis, it's really not too late to make a call to Wilson Financial and say, okay, I'm in this situation, what can I do? Is that a fair statement to make? It is a fair statement. It really is. We, we're still people helping people in their late 80s and early 90s. And so, yes, it's a fair statement. In fact, uh, um, but one of the other fair statements you said earlier is that when they meet Brooke, they're going to like her. That's the problem. Everybody likes her better than me already. <laughs> so between, well, between her and Chewy, I'm the third fiddle. I was going to say, right, you know, it's to the point now where Chewy barks when I come in instead of, you know, just kind of running rather silently. So he he's like, hey, don't mess up my groove here with uh, with uh, Dennis and Brooke. But uh, uh, well, we, we really enjoy the friendship and the partnership. And uh, Dennis thank, and Brooke, thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Uh, God bless you guys. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us here at The Bottom Line Show. Hey, the same to you. And be sure and give the boss a hug and tell her we said hi. And that uh, we're looking forward to uh, going out to dinner the next time we get a chance. Well, thanks to Dennis and uh, Brooke for stopping by the studio today to talk about the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It is Movie Monday here on The Bottom Line Show. And I love it when we could open up the phones at 800-227-5278. You have an unlimited opportunity to see this movie. The movie typically costs around 30 bucks or so. Um, they have a digital download available. And what Wilson Financial has done is they have purchased a number of these to give to bottom line listeners. So all you have to do to get your free copy of the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma, and it comes with a great discussion Q&A afterwards as well that wasn't on the theatrical release. Call Crystal right now, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line for the free copy of the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma, courtesy of Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial. So also still taking your calls on Tracy Fioretti's devotional book, Hope Speaks, 800-227-5278. Uh, KCBC audience, enjoy Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, a little Advent homily from yours truly, but put on my Reverend Roger hat here, and uh, we'll talk about hope and what hope really means for us, not only in the world as just human beings, but what it means for us in the body of Christ as well. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Stephanie Kovar understands that personal injury help is a uniquely Christian concept. 
Christians sometimes balk at using a personal injury attorney after an accident, but Paul said that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. When you've been injured, it's important that the responsible party makes your temple well again. And the idea of restitution for lost wages and medical care comes from Exodus 21 and 22, where God outlines the concept of consequences and restitution. That biblical concept says that a person liable for injuring another must replace what is lost as a matter of justice. Sometimes being made whole means being compensated, and Stephanie Cover will fight for your wholeness because it is the Christian thing to do. And she is refreshingly honest. So if she feels like she's not the right attorney or that there is no case, she'll be upfront with you about it. If you've been in an accident, find out at no cost if Stephanie can help you by going to kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Well, welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad you tuned in today. Of course, people have been calling in for Tracy Fioretti's book on hope since we're talking about hope today, the first week of Advent. And then also uh, Dennis Wilson and the outstanding movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma. There are a lot of people. Let me give you the number first, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have an unlimited number of these movie passes for Dennis Wilson's The Baby Boomer Dilemma movie. Dennis and his team have put together, I mean, it's they didn't produce the movie per se, but they have made available to us an unlimited number of passes. So if you've not seen this yet, and you know we're getting, I realize today's the first Monday in December. Christmas is three weeks from today, by the way, which means the end of the year is coming up, which means tax time is coming up. And not to beat a dead horse, but a couple of things that are worth uh, striving for here. First and foremost, if you're going to make a change to your retirement plan regarding your 401k or IRA, now is the time to do it. I mean, can't stress that enough. And it's important to understand why your 401k may not be what you're looking for. I was just going through my parents' financials because I have that responsibility in my family. And we work with Dennis and his team and looking at where the accounts are and, and looking at some of the things. They've got a couple of uh, accounts that are we're not going to change because of, you know, where they are in the account. And it would be, you know, way too expensive, you know, to make a move. And right now what Wilson has in place, I mean, if you want to, if you're in a 401k that is, is seeing huge decline, and it doesn't look, I mean, everyone keeps talking about how the economy is stabilized and next year being an election year, nobody wants to see, no candidate wants to see their constituents suffering. But at the same time, though, understand that when it comes to the reality of markets and things, there are certain things governments can't control. And this is where we have to be good stewards of the resources that we have. And as a result, uh, Dennis's you know, kind of start over catch up 401k plan, the 13% account is gold right now because if your uh, 401k is taking a dive and you want to try to stop the bleeding, like the one woman we were talking about, she came to Dennis and said when she retired, she had a $900,000 401k. And by the end of the first year, after taking a couple of uh, withdrawals and also uh, just watching the value of it drop in the market, her $900,000 401k was now worth seven hundred forty, and it was moving quicker down in the wrong direction. By moving into his start over IRA, uh, excuse me, uh, Roth IRA, it allowed her to even taking the money out, paying the penalty for the early withdrawal, but then reinvesting it. Seven forty is going to become eight forty by the end of this year, and it's going to be close to nine hundred by next year because of the thirteen percent guarantee. It's a ten percent bonus and a 3% guarantee the first year, and you get the 13% for the second year. So there are alternatives. There are ways you can move forward 
financially in the accounting side of the equation. And I can't stress enough how important it is, especially when you get to a certain age. My parents are both 90 and it is so nice for them. I mean, they were teachers and my dad was a school uh, county administrator. They don't have massive pensions, but it's nice to see them not have to worry about their retirement. And Dennis has helped them dramatically over the past decade. So I, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to watch the baby boomer dilemma Get the movie from us here at thebottomlineshow.com. Give Crystal a call, 800-227-5278. We'll send you the link. It's free. I mean, there, you, ordinarily, you'd have to pay 30 bucks to get this movie, and we're giving it to you, okay? 800-227-5278 is our movie Monday offering uh, for today. But then, you know, it's interesting because I think about this is the first week of Advent, and, of course, the Advent candle was lit. I'm, I'm sure in your church uh, worship service, you did have an Advent candle lighting uh, ceremony. And the hope candle is the first one that is lit. And it's interesting because hope is such a fascinating word in our culture. Now, you'll hear Dave Ramsey when it comes to money saying, hope is not a strategy. Well, you know, it's funny because hope isn't a strategy per se. But when you look at what hope means for us as Christians, it's very important, I think, for us to understand what hope means. Um, If you follow a church calendar, uh, lectionary, as they call it, where you're reading from a certain passage of scripture every uh, week, I know in the Lutheran Church, there are two. There's the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. One is very, very conservative. That's LCMS. And so conservative, in fact, that we used to lovingly refer to them as the Misery Synod instead of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, because they can be a little conservative. But then the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is flaming rainbow. I mean, it's they went way off the deep end in the op- opposite direction. So somewhere in the middle, you know, you're going to find uh, good biblical wisdom. However, both of them have these church calendars. And I know that spending half my life in the Lutheran Church, I learned the value of this past Sunday being, you know, it's the first Sunday of Advent. It's the start. It's kind of New Year's Day for the church. It's the new church calendar year. And so your readings were from Jeremiah 23. Uh, the 24th Psalm was also included in there, and that's a, a good one to have. And then Romans 13, which is interesting because a lot of people think of Romans 13 as the chapter on um, government. You know, that this is why Christians are supposed to love government or not love government as the case may be. And then Matthew 21, uh, Jesus, the triumphal entry, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's interesting because as far as hope goes, I want to focus uh, this, the final part of our program today, a little homily here from Reverend Roger. Um, it's funny, people, that they'll look at my bio on our website and whatever, and, and sometimes we forget. I am an ordained minister. I mean, I, I did spend a couple of years in postgraduate study uh, was ordained to the Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ, which is a Lutheran uh, denomination that has about 900 members, uh, church members, uh, congregations internationally and here in the States, and uh, served in pulpit ministry for many years. So um, every now and again, especially when it comes to you know, Lent or Advent or whatever, I every now and again get the urge, you know, to kind of walk through a bit of a homily. But I, I want to do that every Monday now through Christmas. We're going to look at a different one of the candles of the Advent season, and then, of course, with a special message on Christmas Day. Um, the, the thing about the first one, though, the hope candle, is what hope actually means. In the Greek, in the New Testament, hope is the word elpis. E-L-P-I-S is how we would spell it in English. And it literally means the expectation of what is certain. Now, when you think about that term, it took me years to actually get to where that actually makes sense. But when you think about the expectation of what is certain, the reality is 
that always seems to have a positive connotation in our culture, right? When you think about it, the expectation of what is certain to the Christian, if you look through the New Testament, you'll find hope as spread rather freely. But think for just a moment about some of the words that have some kind of emotion attached to them that we use in English, but we only use them in a positive or negative connotation when they actually have more of a neutral connotation. For example, take the word great in English, okay? When I say something is great, what do you think? You think it's, oh, it's fantastic. It's better than good, right? The, the reality is the actual definition of great just means large. You know, there was a great cloud of witnesses. There was a great amount of food on the table. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It just means there's a lot of it. I, I like to preach on the fact that good in God's economy is the ultimate standard. But for some reason in our secularized society, we put great above good. When in all honesty, good or tov in the Hebrew, literally, I mean, that's the word God used to describe everything he created and saw that it was good. That, I mean, how could you do better than that, right? Same thing when it comes to words like uh, anxious. You know, when Paul tells us in uh, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication at all things, give thanks to God. The, the, the word for anxious, you know, which is the root for words like anxiety, it doesn't always have a positive or negative connotation. In our culture, it always has a negative connotation. It seems like, oh, they got a lot of anxiety, they're stressed out. Instead of saying, you know, when Jesus said, I have eagerly desired or am anxiously desired to take this uh, communion with you, this what we would call communion, the Last Supper, that was a secularized term. I mean, it basically was a secular term for that negative connotation. And yet it meant, you know, kind of pursuing all sorts of worldly desires. For Jesus, God in fully God and fully man to say, I have eagerly desired to celebrate this Passover meal with you. It really gets the full attention of, this is God saying this because the new covenant's coming, but this is also Jesus in the flesh saying, I am so overwhelmed with excitement for this that I can hardly contain myself. That's kind of cool. I mean, this is the same type of emotion, level emotion. We see Jesus in the garden sweating drops of blood. I mean, really feeling the anxiety of, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, knowing that the second cup in the Passover was the cup of wrath, was the cup of judgment. And that's the cup Jesus had to drink. That's the one he had to bear. But now he says, the, the, this blood that we're drinking, this wine that we're drinking is the new covenant and it's in my blood. Basically, I have, dr have drunk the cup of wrath for you. So you, now you can participate in drinking the cup of the new covenant with me. So in the same way that Jesus goes before us in the waters of baptism, so when we go in now, that becomes our symbolic death and resurrection. Um, it's the same thing with the wine. So when we see a word like hope in scripture, el peace, it's interesting because oftentimes if I hear hope, I hope this turns out okay. I hope I get an A on the test. I hope that my son or daughter picks the right person to get married to, you know, whatever it is, that hope has a positive connotation, but sometimes it has a little negative inference as well. On the other side of this break, I want to break down the word hope for us before we can reconstruct it and show, I believe, what Scripture teaches us biblical hope actually looks like. Let's do that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. 
This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I was thinking about, during the break, um, a movie that came out about nine years ago. Um, it was a Chris Dowling, who's a young, well, he's still a young guy to me. This was 10 years ago. He was really young. He made a movie about this guy who is a uh, uh, kind of a local legend, hometown hero, winds up coming back home. Um, he kind of bombed out of what he was doing. I can't remember if he was an athlete or something like that. And he winds up being befriended by a guy with Down syndrome who works in the local, uh, he works in the produce section of the local supermarket. And uh, the movie's called Where Hope Grows. And it's a great story of how the, the guy, the former athlete, uh, comes back and kind of is rebuilt in life, but the only person who would give him the time of day is a guy with trisomy 13, who uh, is you know people, oh look at that you know, and, and everyone calls him produce because he works in the produce section and he knows he's got a mind like a steel trap and he knows everything about the produce section, but he actually winds up showing this guy what the love of Christ looks like and it's it's a it's a great movie, but again where hope grows. I hope things turn out okay. I, I, I really want them to. I think that's what we're talking about. And especially when we think of the hope candle that was lit in your worship services this past weekend to kick off the Advent season. It's the first Sunday of Advent. And hope is that sentiment that we have. Adventus from the Latin, you know, revelation. I mean, it literally means we're celebrating not only the anticipation of the birth of Christ, but also the anticipation of his return. And so I started thinking about hope and started thinking about the passages that are read in Scripture. And I want to read to you from Romans chapter 13, because if you follow the Lutheran lectionary anyway, and I know my brother's a pastor in the Presbyterian Church, they use the same type of lectionary as well. That's basically where the church universal comes together and says, this weekend, these are the passages that we're preaching on, that we're teaching on. These are the ones that are guiding us through the church calendar year. It's not exhaustive. It's not conclusive. If you're part of a congregation where your pastor is expository teaching verse by verse, you know, whatever they're doing. There's value in that as well. But one of the things I I do like about the lectionary, I mean, not going to lie, makes the pastor's life a lot easier because you don't have to worry about what you're preaching on. You just look at the lectionary and it tells you which passages to choose. But also it kind of guides you through the story. And instead of saying every Sunday in the worship service, we are going to do what you could be doing in your individual Bible study. But rather it says, we corporately get together and we uh, kind of circle around the table around these truths. So in Romans chapter 13, the first seven verses talks about God and government. And we've been talking a lot about that as a culture over the past three, four years with the pandemic. Do you hold worship services when you're supposed to be on lockdown? You know, how much government do you want? Um, do, do you want a guy like Donald Trump in the White House again? I mean, there, there's a lot of conversation around Romans 13, all the way up through verse seven. But the next seven verses are interesting, and I want to share them with you here. This is from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 13, beginning with verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding, 
except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you should not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, let me stop there for just a moment because I know there are a lot of people who are saying, you know, in, in the culture right now, if we would just get back to the Ten Commandments, this would be, well, are we legalistic? You know, and if there's the Catholic version versus the evangelical version, and, and there's all sorts of derision. Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments in two commandments, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the fulfillment. If you take a look at all Ten Commandments, that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, you shall have no other gods before me. You won't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I mean, those those are that the part of those. But then everything else, honoring your father and mother, you know, uh, you should not covet your neighbor's donkey or, you know, all of those put together, that's loving your neighbor. I mean, Romans 13, 10, love does not harm a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, stop there for just a moment and ask the question. Hope is the expectation of what is certain. And Paul is reminding us that one of the commands that we are to follow as Christians is to do no harm to our neighbor. Now, what exactly would that entail, do you think? I mean, how many times do you see us in the body of Christ as Christians doing things that actually harm our neighbors? What are those things you may ask? Well, let me, let me show you what Paul tells us because he, he basically, I love Paul's, arguments because he'll he'll put them out there and then he answers your question and my question before we even answer them let's continue now verse 10 says love does no harm to a neighbor this is in romans 13 therefore love is the fulfillment of the law then verse 11 and do this understanding the present time remember paul's present time is 2000 years ago Then he writes, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So here we go. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, let's be honest for just a moment. What are the deeds of darkness? What are the things that are happening in your life, in my life, for our lives as Christians that the world might say, yeah, you know, you're cool. Everybody does that, so it's no big deal. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the mind. Those things. Here we are saying we're anticipating God's return. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, you know, uh, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I'm so excited about that. But what deeds of darkness are we engaging in? What kind of ill will are we harboring toward our neighbor? And I'm not just talking about some turf territorial issue between the guy who lives next door to you or maybe in the apartment or condo above you. I'm talking about people in the church, people uh, that you have a personal vendetta against or beef against. And it's, wait a minute. But what's going on here? I mean, Paul says in Romans 13, 12, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. We've been talking a lot here on the Bottom Line Show about the fact that, I mean, I'm not Mr. Eschatology, and I'm certainly not going to run around trying to pick the day and the hour because, you know, the, the Scripture tells us not to do that. But we can all agree that starting with May 14th, was it 1948, and the UN recognizing that Israel is a state once again, is a nation, that 
the Lord's return has, is drawing nigh. And 75 years later, we see it. We see the governments acting the way they're doing. We see the militaries acting the way they are. We see currency changes and, and, and the secularization of society. So what does Paul remind us? There are two verses here I want to camp on here as we wrap up today's bottom line show talking about hope. First is let us, verse 13, Romans chapter 13, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Verse 14, rather clothe clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. The Greek word here, flesh, is a word called sarx, S-A-R-X. And it literally can refer to your human flesh, your body. The Gnostics would have said that's the way things are, and your body is sinful and deceitful. So spiritually, you could be a Christian, but physically, you can't. That's what the Gnostics believe. But in this case, it could be referring to the sinful state of all human beings. And in some cases, it means it's kind of this power that's the opposition to the Holy Spirit. But when we talk about this being the week of hope in the Advent world, hope in the Greek, the word elpis, literally means the hope, the expectation of what is certain. But there are three different ways we can connote that word and get the connotation that we do. And they're not all positive. So how do we as Christians live as hopeful people? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. December is the month we celebrate the birth of Christ, and when we think about the birth of Christ, it was technically an unplanned pregnancy, at least as far as Mary and Joseph were concerned. The angel Gabriel had other ideas, of course, and we know that the birth of Christ ushers in God's plan for salvation for you and for me, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. Why not, during this Christmas season, give a gift in support of a ministry that celebrates the gift of life and the gift of eternal life as well? Preborn is the ministry that offers you the opportunity to have a free ultrasound performed on a pregnant mom, and all she has to do is come in, get that pregnancy test, and have the ultrasound done, and then find out what her options are, how far along she is. 85% of the time a woman comes to a preborn clinic, she keeps her child or releases that child for adoption. The abortion clinics don't want you to know about the adoption option. And right now, your $28 donation to preborn is doubled thanks to a special matching grant that's in place Round now through the end of the month. Call 833-850-BABY to make your best donation completely tax deductible and 100% of the money donated to Preborn today goes to the ultrasounds. 833-850-2229, that spells B-A-B-Y, or give a gift online when you go to cambrightradio.com, click on the Preborn banner and make your best tax deductible donation. Do it today. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Going to have to do some reviews on some of the faith-based movies as well that talk about Christmas and the hope of Christmas. Um, we're talking about hope. Hope is the first candle that was lit for Advent. If you were in uh, worship yesterday and your church does the Advent candles, and most of them do, um, that was that first one that's lit, the hope candle. And we think about hope in the Greek literally means the expectation of what is certain. Uh, it is the uh, the word elpis, as E-L-P-I-S. What's interesting about elpis, though, is it doesn't necessarily have a positive or a negative connotation. As a matter of fact, in Greek mythology, in literature, the goddess elpis, if you looked at what she represented, she represented just the certainty of what was something was going to happen in the future, and it could have been destruction, or it could have been something to your benefit. In social work, for example, uh, a, a writer by the name of Duncan Andrade 
said there are three kinds of hope that social workers have to uh, understand. Uh, well, there's relational hope, restorative hope, and political hope. But then the, um, uh, the Duncan Andrade uh, piece that I'll put up at the thebottomlineshow.com says there are three kinds of hope. There is material hope, which is the sense of control that we get when we've got the resources that we need to deal with everyday life. I, we would call that in the Christian church, we call that shalom the peace of God. You have the peace of Christ, which means you have everything you need to accomplish God's will for your life. That material hope though, someone says, I got enough money, I got the right house, I got the right education. That's, that's a, a hope that's tangible. Then there's Socratic hope. And that's hope that provides opportunities to the questions of say injustice in society. You know, asking a rhetorical question, but then getting an answer for it. That gives people hope. And third, then there's something called audacious hope. And that is the opportunity for healing from oppression and the capacity to transform and literally to have a better day, a better society, a better world. Now, the word hope in scripture shows up in multiple different renderings. As a matter of fact, hope is used 54 times in the New Testament alone. And there's one commonality to hope every time it is used in the New Testament in the Bible. Remember I mentioned that the, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, the word elpis can either mean the expectation of good or the expectation of evil and fear. And so in the biblical sense though, all 54 times that you see the word hope used in scripture, it has a positive connotation and it's the expectation of what is certain and that certainty is found in our relationship in Jesus Christ. The reason that we have hope for anything, the reason that you can hope for a material change in your life, a better job, lower bills, uh, better health, you know, something that's physical and material and you can hold on to, you have that hope because of what God's doing in your heart. The reason some people actually have a hope in destruction is because at least it's certain and we know there's going to be an end to it. But the Christian doesn't look at it that way. I mean, that's a perfectly legitimate secular response. And you may have some friends or family members or whatever this Christmas will say, oh, you Christians, it's a fairy tale. It's all make-believe because they have placed all their hope in destruction. But we have a joyful and confident expectation of what that source of hope is. And it all begins, it all pivots on the expectation that we have been eternally saved and that we're being sanctified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So as you think about hope this week, and you think about uh, thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices in a holy night. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices, oh night, or Christ is born, oh night divine. But that's the hope that gets us excited. That's the hope that people need to see in our lives. And it's my hope that that is the hope that you're sharing with others. Whether you intend to or not, just being you is showing that hope. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to become our savior, to become the doorway to salvation and sanctification and ultimately eternal life with you. We praise you and we love you because we have the hope that lies within us for the joy that weighs before us. Thank you, Father, for hearing our, the cries of our hearts and for restoring that, that joy and hope to us in the precious and powerful name of the hope giver, your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen and amen.
Friend, if you believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin, that you're a sinful person and you need to have that penalty paid for and that your sin record is washed clean, you can pray to receive that salvation even today. Let the words of God's heart come through your mouth right now. Pray that prayer. Receive that gift. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line.